Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Really, the big problem was is they made him blue. To listen, to listen. I know you know the words. I'm blue, da boo dee da boo da. You found a green, I would die, da boo dee da boo da. You found a green, I would die, da boo dee da boo da. I said a green, I would die, da boo dee da boo da. Tell me you were born in the 90s without telling me you were born in the 90s. Like, sir. I can't believe you actually know the lyrics to that song, because all I know is I'm blue, da-boo-dee, da-boo-die. <laughs> if I was green, I would die. I thought that that's not real. Look, look, that's not real. He doesn't say anything else throughout the entire song. It's literally just I'm blue, da-boo-dee, da-boo-die. Look, maybe I'm just looking for depth where there's none. You're lying. There are no actual lyrics to that song. Okay, no, he doesn't actually say if no, I was green. Yeah, he die. never says if I was green, I would die. Because you know why? Green is the most awesome color on the planet. That's not how you say purple. <laughs> no. Purple doesn't rule everything around you, but you know what does? Cream! Testimony, y'all. Dollar. Dollar bills, y'all. We just gotta get them stacks rising up. And crashing through. This is Doc. This is Ziggy. With the flag. And I want we do. We take that pop perspective. To put the culture in context. And make the mainstream make sense. sense. And make some dollars. Holla. 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 Holla, holla bills, y'all. Wow, know. my co-host just left me hanging, y'all. Can, can you believe it? Can you believe it? I'm trying to toast to making money out this motherfucker. Hey, Mike Pence. We'll get to that. What a fucking shame. What a fucking shame. This week. This week has been... Damn it! We have one of those. Oh, we do have a damn it. Um, we also get to talk about the fucking Kyle Rittenhouse trial. But no, we have a damn it! <laughs> and it is about... What, what was the term that we came up with? It's about Fahrenheit 451. Intellectual freedom versus manufactured ignorance. ignorance. Yes. Intellectual freedom versus manufactured ignorance. It sounds deep, but it's really not. We're just going to talk about banned books and why. It's a terrible idea to want to burn them. We've been here before, y'all. None of this Look, is the reason new. if if real life is resembling a dystopian narrative. It's because none of y'all read. Yeah! It's because nobody paid attention. I mean, I was gonna say, if it's resembling a dystopian narrative, probably pretty dystopian. It's 
it's because none of y'all paid attention to like movies like y'all really was too caught up in how Blade Runner looked to pay attention to the storyline like y'all were way too like caught up in the Arnold hype to pay attention to uh fuck god damn it what is that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Terminator no not Terminator well well let's start there Arnold fights the devil <laughs> that's what that movie Jingle should all the way. be called uh, Arnold fights the devil too Predator was it Running Man yeah it was oh the Running Man yeah you don't remember this movie nope alright it's trailer time guys this movie came out in 1987. 1987. In a dystopian America, a falsely convicted policeman gets his shot at freedom when he must forcibly participate in a TV game show where convicts, runners, must battle killers for their freedom. Okay, so it's Squid Game. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> I mean, just a tiny bit, right? Like, hold on, yeah. And then I think there was another one, too, where, like, he wanted his memory wiped or whatever the fuck it was. Like, Arnold did quite a few dystopian movies that are, like, just on the heels of being true. Like, how far off do you think we are from getting a, uh, maybe, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse should have to fight for his freedom against convicts and killers, huh? I was gonna say more about, like, the Saudi Arabian, like, sentient robot. Wait, what? Yeah, like Sonya or something? There's a Saudi Arabian sentient robot. Oh, you talking about- And they even said that this, at, at a certain point, they were like, yeah, the world would be better off with no humans. And we're all just like, uh! If it's observing humans on the internet, then, uh, oh, Total Recall was the movie I was fucking thinking about. Do you not? Okay, so you don't remember Total Recall either? No. Okay, when a man goes in to have a virtual vacation, memories of the planet Mars implanted in his mind, an unexpected harrowing series of events forces him to go to the planet for real. Or is he? Dun dun. Dude, you've never seen Total Recall? I don't think so. Dog. I know it's one of those movies, like, I'm hearing the title now, and I'm like, I definitely. This is one of the movies I should have seen. Oh, that was another thought I had earlier, is like, I want to talk back and forth with you, trying to just figure out what is some canonical Americana. Canonicana? Canonicana. <laughs> Canonicana. Americana. Oh, God, hold on. Wait, no, stop. Think about it. Are they not gonna give me a trailer instead they're gonna give me a DVD ad? Ayo, fuck off IMDB, that sucks. They're like, who needs a Total Recall trailer after this time? I feel like this is classic Americana. So, yeah, you get it. Arnold, sci-fi, you, yeah. you can have memories implanted in your brain, Yeah. right? It already sounds like a bad idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the idea then at all. Why would I want to, um, oh dude, what was that? Wasn't there a fucking Tom Cruise movie where he had like a whole relationship? No, it was a fucking, that Jim Carrey movie it was Jim Carrey and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Butterfly effect? No, uh, or no, maybe it wasn't Jim Carrey. Oh, know. um, apartment number 23 or something? No, son, this is fucking, what, 
damn it. I was about to say, Butterfly Effect was actually Ashton Kutcher. How the fuck did I get Ashton Kutcher and Jim Carrey confused? Ooh. <laughs> well, I just got him. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ah, yes. Yes, yes. Isn't that what, like, they both got, like, their memories of their relationship, like, wiped from their minds and then ended up falling in love with each other all over again? Yeah. yeah. You know what's actually one of my, you know what is one of my favorite rom-coms? What? 51st Dates. Oh, wow, for real? Yeah. It's like 51st Dates and Hitch. Hitch is a good one. 51st Dates is sad to me, because, I mean, it would just, I, I personally, it would be frustrating to have to <laughs> continuously remind this girl. Also, how you really got to love somebody, right? Like, and, and I it, think that's what makes it so endearing. And, like, especially with them coming up with that tape, and they're just like, this is your life up until then. Is it endearing or is it creepy? Right? Because, like, at a certain point, doesn't it kind of feel like Adam Sandler is taking advantage of her because she can't remember anything? Right? Well, like, no. Remember, she builds up, like, long term memories. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. This week was also rough because, you know. As you know by now, because we're a week out, uh, we lost young Dolph this week. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. to King. It's sad to me because uh, on so many different levels, right? Like, it's sad to me on so many different levels because here we had, like, one, a truly, like, independent artist. Like, mm -hmm. independent in the sense of, you know, he owned all his masters and all that, as people have seen on the internet. You know, it's trending that... You know, when you play his music in, you know, his memory, like, his family actually benefits from it, mm -hmm. and unlike other times where artists pass. As I'm scrolling through, like, hot new hip-hop, I'm seeing all kinds of articles talking about how he owned, like, hundreds of properties in Memphis and bought foreclosed homes for his children's birthdays. So, like, that's the kind of nigga that Young Dolph was, right? Like, this was a true, like, hustler, like, pie. Like, hustle and flow could have been about Young Dolph, right? <laughs> Off no bullshit. Um, it's saying that he was unaware of any beef that was going on, which is why I said, once again, that this could have just been a random, like, crab in the fucking barrel situation, right? This might not have been tied to Yo Gotti. Although, I know in retaliation, Yo Gotti's fucking um, mom's restaurant was shot up, and Black Youngster's grandma's house was shot up. Apparently. Allegedly. Don't quote me, quote the police. Also, because it's just another clear example of we need some kind of, like, stricter gun regulation in this country, right? Like, um... Memphis, I believe, has, like, weird um, open carry laws and stuff like that. It is the South, so... The the elephant in the room is, like, you know, this hood life, street life shit. And look, I, you know, I'm not one to sit here in front on how niggas get their money, right? Like, it's, it's a dangerous world out there regardless, right? You just gotta choose how you get yours, right? And it just sucks to see somebody who wasn't trying to fall victim to the narrative that like you know they turned their back on the yeah. place where they grew up and came from 
but it's also that's that's how they get you. Like every time they you know they tell you a bitch if you don't come back after you get your money and shit like that. When you know there's people around, like and the you know the rumors is flying on who you know who called the hit. Was it a hit? Was it random? That kind of shit. And unfortunately, it's like when you grow up in an area like that where everybody is fighting for their way out and you come back after you supposed to have made it out, <laughs> you know, it almost looks like you rubbing it in people's faces sometimes. And it don't even really have to, like, a, a lot of people think that this shit came from old beef that hadn't been settled yet, but honestly, it could have been fucking anybody on a bad goddamn day. Right? Reminds me of Tupac and Biggie, honestly. And every time fucking rappers die, it reminds y'all of Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> that's like me saying every. That's like me comparing Chester Bennington to Kurt Cobain instead. Like, well, they did both overdose. Wait, never mind. Cobain was murdered. <laughs> Rock bands break up for three reasons: drugs, the singer's an asshole. Or someone dies in a arrow, not in a in a skyloft vehicle accident. Damn, that was oddly specific. Um, Buddy Holly, Leonard Skinner, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Damn. Uh, Randy Rhodes. Damn. Um, Damn, it's that many that's going out like that, huh? No, nah, there's more too. Damn, my man said no. Hold up, we're not done. Um, speaking of not done, you know we haven't done yet? This week today in history, one week from today. One week from today. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. Moving on from that depressing shit, R.I.P. Dolph, though. So, in 176... Marcus Aurelius grants his son Commodus the rank of Imperator. You coming with <laughs> these deep history cuts. Alright, next. Uh, Christopher Columbus goes the fuck home. So after coming over here and committing like mass genocide and like acts of terrorism, he finally took his ass back to Spain to be like, yeah, there's probably some gold over there. Yup. Also, slaves. Uh, In 1870, New York Times dubs baseball the national game. Oh, so it was made America's pastime. It was dubbed the national game in 1870. Okay. Okay, shout out to baseball, still slightly relevant every now and again. Shohei! He did win uh, MVP, by the way. To, like, nobody's surprise. Shohei won the MVP. Okay. In 1910, New York's Penn Station opens as world's largest railway terminal. In 1810? Uh, 1910. 1910. 1910. 1910. My bad. And it hasn't been worked on since. The Mask of Zorro, directed by Fred Nibble, starring Douglas Fairbanks, is shown in New York, 
first American superhero film in 1920. Wait, say that one more time. The Mask of Zorro, directed by Fred Niblo and starring Douglas Fairbanks, is shown in New York. First American superhero film. 1920. Is Zorro a superhero? I don't know, but also That's in... That's the news to me. But, but also in 1920, uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne are murdered. So, were they going to see The Mask of Zorro? They were. So, Batman is just a Zorro ripoff? Zorro inspired. I like ripoff. Uh, <laughs> Y'all just want to shit on Batman. I will not stand for this yeah. slander. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> Yo, um... No, but for real though, Zorro is a superhero? That counts as a superhero movie? War mask, for what it's worth. I never said what that I agreed with What the fuck is his that, superpower? But... He's dope with a sword! Z, 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 like the fuck? Get the fuck? Alright, okay. In 1947, Jolton Joe DiMaggio wins his third MVP, beating Ted Williams by one vote. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Okay. I mean, I'm a baseball historian person. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, shout out to our baseball fans, right? Like, I'm just not. You are, you know, you know. I hardly watch sports as it is, my nigga. Like, <laughs> and you think I'm about to watch baseball? A game that takes a whole work shift? Speaking of another sport, <laughs> you probably don't give a flag fuck about. In 1961, Gordy Howe becomes the first player to play in 1,000 NHL games. I was like, who the fuck is Gordy Howe? And then the minute you said NHL, I was like, oh, that totally sounds like a fucking hockey player, yo. Like, it's the jersey that Cameron wears in Ferris Bueller. Or, or a rugby player. He's known as Mr. Hockey. Not Wayne Gretzky? No, he's the great one. <laughs> the great one. In 1971, Soviet Mars 2 becomes first spacecraft to crash land on Mars. Damn. <gasps> In 1972, Pierre Trudeau forms the Canadian government. <laughs> what is with these t-shirt ads? I'm about to, do y'all want me to do more t-shirt TikToks? Cause I keep finding weird t-shirts. I don't know why I'm being advertised this shit either. It's, it must be because I keep looking at them. Also because we keep making Let's Go Branded jokes. There's literally a, a fucking t-shirt that says Let's Go Branded on here. With the fucking flag. Guys. Guys. It's not that funny. That's the equivalent of wearing like the butterfly meme dude on a t-shirt. Ugh. <laughs> Is this a means on t-shirt for the most part are just kind of cringe. Exactly. Exactly. And this is a meme on a fucking t-shirt. Is it not? Is it not? In 1991, The Undertaker beats Hulk Hogan to become new WWF champ. Ooh. Ooh. Hot take that's not a hot take. 
Undertaker is better than Hulk Hogan anyway. That's not a hot take. That's what I'm saying. Everybody loves Undertaker. Everybody loves Everybody Undertaker. Everybody loves Undertaker. Hulk Hogan is a racist. Never forget that. Or, or as he'll tell you, Terry is a racist. Hulk Hogan is an American icon. In 2013, Frozen, the highest grossing animated film of all time, is released. Damn, is Frozen still the highest grossing animated film of all time? Yup. Lion King is the highest grossing film of all time. Animated film of all time. Oh, ew. And it's the 2019 remake. So, not even the original Lion King. The one that just came out with Beyonce and Childish Gambino and Seth Rogen. That is the highest animated film of all time. No, when it, when 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 he's in The Lion King, it's Donald Glover. Following Frozen 2, then Frozen, then The Incredibles, then the Minions movie, then Toy Story 4. That's disgusting, guys. I need y'all to do better. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse wasn't even on that list. Yeah. And that animation style was beautiful. I get it. Like, Lion King was like, ooh, look what we could do with CGI, but Disney, you did that with the Jungle Book. And you could have left it there. And it had been fine, right? The Jungle Book wasn't a bad movie. That fucking great uh, uh, orangutan, that shit was terrifying. So we also got the live-action Beauty and the Beast, the live-action Aladdin. I still don't know how I feel about live-action Aladdin. It's Just wait until live-action Lilo and Stitch. Don't, that won't be don't, terrifying at don't all. Don't fucking do that, because you know they're like going to do it now. Because you said it, Disney, someone at Disney was like, Oh my god! <laughs> Those two guys on the flood pod! You know they're listening. Disney is always listening so they can copyright strike the second somebody throws something up that they haven't paid for the rights to. Like, that's, you know it. You know it. I know it. Yeah. Ted, who's the guy that watches us from Disney? It's Walt himself. <laughs> what do you think he has time to do now? That he's just a brain and a... Walter brain. White. Anyway. Um, break! So, who the fuck asked for this? <laughs> It's me! It's me, the guy who asked! What is this? But why? Hey, who man is this? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? Who man is this? You serious? <laughs> what we got this week? Multiverses? I saw this shit on Twitter, dog, and I felt like, what a way to cut in on the Nickelodeon game that's supposed to be The Nickelodeon game? And yeah. all right, so you can play as Batman. Batman with Bugs Bunny. Steven Universe. Who else was it? Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah. Arya Stark. Yo, you... <laughs> like, what? So this is all the WB franchises then, is what, basically is what this seems like. Yeah. So we can expect- Jake and Finn from Adventure Time, come bring friends. Yeah, I guess- And they're gonna the add WB more characters franchise. to the roster. I, 
I thought Smash Brothers was like anything goes, but <laughs> anything goes for this Jesus, game. Jesus, right? Like, god damn. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna get Smallville Clark Kent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, versus like uh fucking Archie from the Archie verse. <laughs> what? Is that even bo so? Do, then do we get like to fight with One Tree Hill characters and stuff like that? Adult Swim's fair game. Hey, Space Ghost. Oh, come on, Superman versus Space Ghost. Metalocalypse. That's oh wow, wow. Can we be Doctor Roxo? Afro Samurai. Hey, is that a WB Samurai Jack is going to be in it eventually? Is that a WB property? Damn, the Powerpuff Girls, right? Sure, why not? So now we're just turning this into Cartoon Network. No, but right? you also have to remember, like, you could have, like, Luke Perry in there, too. James Vanderbeek versus Shaggy. James Vanderbeek versus Samurai Jack. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> what would the Dawson's Creek stage look like? That fucking boat in the beginning. <laughs> it's the pier. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, like, God, I was like, okay, time. like, this like, is some like Cartoon Network characters, and then they were like Arya Stark, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> I, okay. We on. are gonna get like, you know, we're gonna get like. Space goes. We're gonna get Ben 10. Like, this one has more realistic chances to get anime characters than the other two. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Um, taking on the, what is it, the Jump Force shit. Like, Jump Force is pretty tight. I'm waiting for a new one of those. Oh, yeah, out. Jump Force is pretty cool. Like, I don't expect him to put, like, fucking Hisoka in, but, like. No, you don't think so? I wouldn't be shocked if they, like, you know, find a way to dump Spike from Bebop in there. <laughs> they got Batman next to Garnet. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a dope team tactic, though, isn't it? <laughs> like, hey, come on. I'm I'm all for it. Um... Wait, wait, wait. Multiverses, and I'm seeing LeBron. Oh, my God. Are they going to put LeBron James in this game? No, they're making fun of Space Jam 2, right? Because Space Jam 2 was just, like, a multiverse, like, marketing ploy, right? So now you've got, like, Tom and Jerry being Oh, right. To Tom fight. and Jerry's in it now, yeah, too. that's what I'm saying. you got fucking Tom and Jerry being able to fight against, like, <laughs> maybe Godzilla and King Kong, right? Like, oh, God, this is going to be ugly. It's going to be Fucking bloated. friends. It's gonna be bloated. I'm wondering how often they're gonna drop characters. The potential is almost fucking limitless, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, just even more so than what fucking uh, Nintendo was doing with Smash Brothers. Just W. I mean, like Batman versus Arya Stark versus Super Saiyan Shaggy. Oh, God, you could potentially have characters from Star Trek in this shit, right? Like Captain Kirk and all of them. Uh, fucking Austin Powers. The Matrix? Yo, look, it's Rick and Morty, right? Like, uh, that's gonna happen. You know, I'm surprised it's already not, like, featured in this shit. Okay, great. This is gonna go more off the rails than 
fucking Smash Brothers already is. Then fucking uh, Marvel versus Capcom, right? Like, God, this is perfect potential to bring back Marvel versus Capcom, right? Why has that not happened yet? Marvel, Disney, what are we doing? Holding on to the rails for no fucking reason? You guys are missing out on a great fucking opportunity here. Like, Marvel, come on, right? Uh, I mean, NBC, NBC3 has been going strong for a long time. Yeah, but now I, I still feel like we're, like, missing way... We're, we're missing opportunity here, right? Like, No Way Home is getting ready to drop. Speaking of it... <laughs> Speaking of No Way Home... Trailer looks pretty sweet. In trailer news, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer looks pretty sweet. I made two. Sweet. I made two specific notes. One, this is kind of their like workaround way to make a Sinister Six movie that they've never actually made, Ooh. but always hinted at. Okay. What was your second move? Uh, they put MJ in. Gwen's scenario. Oh, uh, because they haven't introduced a Gwen Stacy in this universe yet. No, but they introduced Gwen Stacy in the other two universes. Yeah. In the Andrew Garfield one, MJ was actually never introduced, if I remember. Ah, uh -huh. that's interesting. Um, yeah, which I... Okay, so how do you feel about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man? I thought he was... Meh, exactly. Yeah, I thought he was fine. Which is why I think it's cool that they're bringing back Jamie Foxx's Electro because that was he did a great job. I mean, they're bringing back villain. Um, they're bringing back Andrew Garfield to Tobey Maguire too. I mean, yeah, but apparently Charlie Cox is expected to be appearing as Daredevil in it as well. Oh, and Mahershala Ali as Blade. Blade. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's the multiverse. See, see, this is Marvel. Lots way. of this is also like basically a Doctor Strange like movie. This yeah. is like Spidey and Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's a pseudo. Kind of like how it was Captain America: Civil War, but it was really an Avengers movie. Yeah, I mean, well, Doctor Strange is gonna have the multiverse of madness that happens soon. Too. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? I'm expecting a lot of Jonathan Majors in that movie. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Hey, I mean, Jonathan, what if he makes a, an appearance in the Spider-Man? Oh, hey, how are you? Yeah, no, nice job. You look good. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things in that whole fucking exchange. Yo, um, no. When's the last time, besides that scene, that you've seen an actor just completely dominate an episode like that? Like, in I, such a quick impact. I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't been watching a lot of TV lately. I've been reading. I told you. My mind is on, like, literary narratives at the moment. It's hard. It's hard to say. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. The trailer uh, did a great job at, like, building tension. Um, I'm, de I'm definitely invested in the calamity that ensues. And one of the things I love about Tom Holland's Spider-Man is he feels, his quips feel the most Spidey. Like, yeah. right? Like, I feel like Tom Holland really embodies... He's the, his, he's the best Spider-Man. Right, like, the young Peter Parker, yep. right? Like, the high school, like trying to figure himself out while figuring out his superpowers. Like, what did he say? Ever since I got bit by the spider, I feel like I've only had one normal week in my entire life. So there's right? two things that I really want to see in this movie. One, I need to have them do some reference to the Spider-Man 3 dance. 
I see that. Look, you have to remember that Spider-Man was the Marvel property. It wasn't X-Men. It wasn't Iron Man. I just want a reference to that dance. And then the other thing is, I need all three of the Spideys to be pointing at each other. That I do want to happen. I want that to happen. I don't care how cheesy it is going to be because it is going to be cheesy upon delivery, right? Like we all want it to happen, but there's no way they're going to make it not feel corny as fuck when it does happen. But Spider-Man has always been Marvel's top property, right? Like Spider-Man is to Marvel as Superman or Batman is to DC. As a matter of fact, Spider-Man is to Marvel as Batman and Superman are to DC. <laughs> like, I think that's probably fair. You have to remember, like, that, that, that because it. all the other major team, all the other major people are like teams. X-Men. Yep. Right. The Avengers. Right. Yep. Like, no other standalone hero hero from this franchise has made an impact the way that Spider-Man has made an impact. So for this movie to take on such a like lofty premise um i'm definitely ready to or excuse me not, i'm definitely excited to watch this movie and it may be the first movie i risk getting COVID. yeah I, I will i will go and see this because this they said exclusive i will go <laughs> see this in theaters no we not dropping this shit on disney plus like we did black widow and Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. <laughs> nope. Get vaccinated or die. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> the Rock has some cap. <sighs> I'm on right now. I don't believe you. That's a lot of head to put a cap on, first and foremost. <laughs> That nigga got like a shark dome. Just reminds me of Barry Bonds' hat size expanding throughout his career. Um, does steroids increase your cranium size? I just, I, I feel like people who take steroids frequently give like big heads, not metaphorically speaking. Just Like, I think it actually does, yeah. Hi, Dwayne The Rock Johnson thinks very highly of himself, wouldn't you say? And I'm not saying that it's undeserved right he was like the highest paid actor in in hollywood yeah for a long running time he's definitely seems to be one of the most marketable like actors yeah. at the moment right like you can throw the rock in something and expect it to you know at least do a bang-up job at the box office globally right like because he's Let's, let's not hold it. He's racially ambiguous enough to be identifiable yep. to like, and he's kind of like a John Everyman kind of guy at yep. this point. Even though he's like everybody's best friend they've never met. E- even though The Rock is not Everyman, right? Like this man literally bragged on Twitter about how he had to rip his fucking like <laughs> rip his gate out of the fucking brick to get to work and <laughs> shit. <laughs> like not everybody's doing that. <laughs> This nigga eats like, what did he say, like fucking 32 pounds of chicken a day? It's like, maybe it's not a day. (laughs) Right. But. That's a lot. But my point is, um, The Rock thinks that he can play James Bond. Um, He wants to play, he wants to be the next James Bond. He heard how it, you know, beat Daniel Craig the fuck up. 
So he was like, I think I can handle it. Maybe Daniel Craig's just a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Guarantee you that's not what he said. No, it's not what he said. One of his uncles um, was in a Bond movie uh, when he was a kid as a villain, right? And he was like, and ever since then, I've wanted to be in a Bond movie, but not as the villain. He wants to be James Bond, right? Like, fair enough. I think all of us at some point have wanted to be suave and debonair as the characters James Bond, right, is. We've all wanted to, you know, get the girl and beat the case at the end of the day, right? You're not British, The Rock! And I could not believe your British accent. What you mean, love? (laughs) You couldn't see me shaking a martini up and down (laughs) the cobblestone? No? You're you're sounding Australian. No, you know? What are Australians? (laughs) But drop... Come on, mate. Isn't it? Isn't it? No, what what, what was it? It was, um... Look, me British accent is right proper, it is. Yes, it is. Australia? (laughs) Australia? That's how bad The Rock's British accent is. Australia is British Texas. Yes. And The Rock is not James Bond. (laughs) You're not. You're not. You're, you're I'm not. sorry. I'm sorry. Why don't you, in an effort to continue pissing off Vin Diesel for no reason, go remake Triple X? That I could see you doing, Dwayne. That's perfect for you. Like a Xander Cage role, you know? Some fucking street losing. Actually, The Rock is probably way too fucking big to street lose. Really go for the jugular on Vince. Or on Vin. Get a Chronicles of Riddick spinoff. Wow. That would be with the Jamin Hensu. <laughs> I could make see, it really bad. I could see The Rock into Jamin Hensu in a movie. Like uh like a band no, like a band of brothers type movie. Like um or or uh what what's that fucking game? Army of Two? Yes, yes. Why don't we do Army of Two with the Rock and Dijamin Henson. That would be tight. Right? I'm trying to think of who else you could put The Rock with for two for, for Army of Two. That's a good idea. He would be good for an Army of Two type of thing. <laughs> Since The Rock likes to do video game movies, right? Like he was in Doom, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and Jumanji, right? Right? So keeping it in your lane. <laughs> I could honestly, this is going to be a little bit of, uh, you might think this is out of left field, but I could see like The Rock and Zac Efron doing that really well. I'm only saying this because I either want the next James Bond to be Lakeith Stanfield or Jonathan Majors. But, or, fuck that. Nope, fuck that. Mahershala Ali. Bam. No Idris Elba? No. No, come on, what? No, fuck that. Could you not see Mahershala Ali as James Bond? He's not British. Is he not? <laughs> I'm, look. I would be hard pressed to ever imagine a non-British actor playing James Bond, just ever. I feel like the Brits get away with playing Americans all the time. I'm looking. <laughs> yep, Mahershala Ali is an American actor from Oakland. 
it's about as far from Britain as you can get. Okay. Okay, I'll give you that. But as I said- Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah, as I said, the Brits get away with playing Americans all the time. I'm looking at you, Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> so, why not, why not give an OG from Oakland the shot? That's all I'm saying. Marjali Ali is proven that he's got the chops. All he needs to do is perfect the accent. Come on, son. You know who I would want to cast as Terry McGinnis in the Batman Beyond movie? Who? Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World. What? Really? Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. No, I need you to sell it to me. Well, for starters, He's pretty much acts exactly the same way Terry does. Okay. And if you look at him, he probably could, you could just be like, all right, I can see that as Terry. Hmm. Ian Fleming, I'm pretty sure, stated that um, he didn't think that a black guy should be playing James Bond because the character wasn't designed to be black, which, fuck off, but I mean... <laughs> No, honestly, okay, like, I get it. Yeah, we don't have to, like, blackwash everything. Um, we could easily come up with our own, you know, secret agent and just make it better than James Bond. But that's if Hollywood will give any new ideas a chance. Because... <laughs> James Bond? Don't. James! <laughs> James Bond! Wow. Um... I can't wait for the, you know, actual Blade movie to drop. I like how they keep um, teasing, like, or introducing, like, the black characters of the franchises in white characters' movies. That's, that's pretty fun to me. <laughs> Here's Black Panther. Say thank you, Captain America, for doing so good that we can do a Black Panther movie now, right? And it's like, here's Blade. Say thank you to this tiny little white boy for doing so good at his job that we get a new Blade movie, right? Even but though, not as tiny as Ant-Man. Even though Blade, as much credit as I gave Spider-Man earlier, Blade was, like, what? The first Marvel movie to open the gates for the MCU? That's right. Everybody thank Wesley Snipes. Say thank you, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> the first good one because without Wesley Snipes there would be no way home are you a rapper or a scientist <laughs> why can't I be both my answer to that question is still why can't I be both <laughs> so moving along um kids are qualified to get COVID vaccines oh yes that's and right and booster shots have been approved for Pfizer and Moderna yes yes so, um, I know I'll be getting my booster shot here soon. I'm due for it in, like, December. Um, and we're definitely, Dez has already said that he wants to get vaccinated. Um, yeah, you know, um, and I'm not, I'm not even entertaining people anymore who are, like, with the conspiracy. And it's fucked up. You guys made me not like conspiracy theories anymore. 
right? Like, you have turned me into a rational person, and 19-year-old me would be severely fucking disappointed, right? It sucks. You guys have made conspiracy theories not fun anymore, and you ruined it like you fucking ruined everything. Just like you guys ruined remakes, just like you guys ruined nostalgia, you ruined rap music, and guns, all, you guys make everything suck, and I'm fucking hated here. <laughs> So sick of this shit. God damn it. We can't get anything. This is why we can't have nice things. You guys are like, why can't we have hoverboards and flying cars? It's 2021. What about Back to the Future? Do you know what the fuck life would be like if we had flying cars and hoverboards? It would be a fucking calamity. You guys would be. You guys can't even handle texting and driving. And you think that you could handle hoverboards? <laughs> Come on. We got smartwatches. And all you guys use them for is tracking your heart rate. <laughs> no, none of this Star Trek shit. We got VR, right? And the best thing, the best thing you can do with VR right now is beat your dick. That's it. <laughs> That's it. VR games still make your fucking head hurt, right? Like, as immersive as they are, it's not really that fucking immersive. The only time you really lost in it is when you about to toss one. Stop. 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 Full stop. Why? Why? You guys suck. Get your get a fucking get your vaccine. God damn it. You've been getting them this entire time. Well, I didn't get my flu shot. You probably got in the flu more times than you even fucking know about it. And just because he didn't fucking kill you doesn't mean you shouldn't go get a goddamn flu shot. You goddamn booger. What the fuck? We didn't make it this far by ignoring medical science people I get it at a certain point there was like you know snake oil salesmen everywhere and we're kind of living in that time again you know if you ever bought one of those rubber bands with that shiny little disc in the middle of it because they told you it would help your blood circulation you know what the fuck I'm talking about <laughs> I'm like yes proceed with caution always but well, I got one more thing before we go on to the damn it. Get vaccinated, damn it. Rittenhouse. <clears throat> that was political theater. <laughs> How could you call it anything but? This shit was shot from the get-go. Remember, like, they couldn't even find a jury for this shit. Right. As soon as they started pulling names out of the bingo shaker to pull the jury, Mike called me and he was like, yo, you have no idea what the fuck is going on right now. No, um, I did. And that is why I absolutely tried my hardest not to pay attention to this shit for once. Right. And that seems wild because here I am trying to be like, you know, a pop culture digest. And that includes... Politi like politics, right? And um, this is also a huge moment in civil rights. Like, fuck that, son. Like, an underage kid drove across state lines with a with a murder weapon, <laughs> right? And murdered somebody in self-defense in a position he should have never been in because he should have stayed his ass. Home. The prosecution yeah. called the punt team out on first down. 
I mean, this shit was the judge. Like, even the judge was like in on it, right? Like, it felt like even the judge was in on it. He wouldn't let the prosecution call the protesters victims. He had to like, but words like rioters and looters and shit like agitators. That's okay. A lot of those were actually separated from just like media clips. Yeah. Um. Consider so most of my information came from Alpha Listener Mike, yeah. who legit watched like. He said he watched, like, 20 hours of, like, the 30-something-hour trial. That's fair. And he was like, the, ju- the judge actually was fair and was calling bullshit out on both sides. I'm sure he was to a degree because they But he to. said it was, like, full-out political theater. That's my point. <laughs> so what does that mean in, like, when you take both of those things into account, what does being fair actually look like when you won't allow the prosecution to do simple things like call the people who died victims, (laughs) right? Like, so, yeah, I mean, we could sit down with Mike at some point and talk about how, you know, he may have done those things on both sides, but I just feel like... Mike definitely does have a lot more information on it than, than I do. I feel like based on the information that I have seen so far, and like I said, I haven't seen a whole lot because there really isn't a whole lot it's just, to understanding it's this. It's just deflating. Tamir Rice was killed for playing with the BB gun, right? This 17-year-old drove across state lines with a weapon that wasn't his and killed someone with it. Hello, America. And, like, I even said earlier to you off camera that I felt like as racist as the 80s was, if this shit would have happened in the 80s, I feel like Kyle Rittenhouse would have gone to fucking jail. Or, like, if it happened in the 90s, after Columbine, Kyle Rittenhouse would have fucking gone to jail. Like, if he drove to the Watts riots and did that bullshit, like, yeah, no, this kid probably would have gone to fucking jail around that time. But because we are, because it was politicized, because it happened in the middle of something that was highly political, right? Yeah. And because both sides need it as cannon fodder right now, it was turned into a fucking circus show. It was turned into a performative act, and it, the trial was shot from the beginning. It should have been, you know, I saw something that said it may have been considered a mistrial, or like they considered. Well, I mean, for sure they had all the grounds for an appeal. Yeah, um, I, it's fucked, right? But also, in full context, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Um, He'll get the George Zimmerman treatment, and you know, he'll probably be like low-key martyred for a little bit, um, looked at as a right-wing savior for a little bit you know he was put through the fire and he came out battle tested um but retweeting Kyrie Irving (laughs) (laughs) but in the long run um you know I think he will find that this is not gonna work out for him um and it will be like you know isolation will feel like jail Right, mm-hmm. he's going to have to stick to a certain breed of people now, and we'll we'll find out how that works out for him. 
you know? I mean, it could follow the pattern that um, most of the things in America do, and he'll be fine for the most part. Like, Zimmerman was fine for the most part until, until he started acting like himself yeah. and showing his true colors and then people realized what kind of the same way it kind of happened with OJ if I would have did it I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm not disappointed and disgusted in the American justice system but I'm also not surprised in a judge that was probably appointed either by Trump or by Trump supporters so and y'all can take that as you will but I also want to remind people that 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 Trump did replace and appoint a shit ton of judges in his like time um, in office. So yeah, get ready for more of that kind of fuck shit. Um, they, you know, the reason why the Republicans and the conservative GOP members are going on about Biden packing court systems is because they're afraid that he'll do exactly what the fuck they did. <laughs> So, you know. Anyway, let's take a break. <laughs> you know what's super sweet, fun, and awesome? Trampolines. You know what's super not sweet, fun, and awesome? Burning books. Oh, you're recording. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say pussy out loud. Oh, wait. Well, there goes that. <laughs> there goes that. Hey, guys, guess what we're going to talk about today? Um, yeah. We're no. going to talk about book burning. Um, not book burning in a sense. So you sent me an article about... A school district in Fredericksburg, Maryland, uh, Spotsylvania specifically. I don't know what district that is exactly. Hold on, let me see if I can pull up the article. So, an article in the Freelance Star, Fredericksburg.com, uh, Spotsylvania School Board orders libraries to remove sexually explicit books. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know? that these school libraries was having your kids read pornography. Did you know that? Well, apparently, neither did some parents out in Spotsylvania, Fredericksburg. A mother who I will not name, because there's no need to dox her here, uh, was upset when she found her child reading a copy of 33 Snowfish by Adam Rack, which concerns three homeless teenagers who attempt to escape their past from sexual abuse, prostitution, and drug addiction, right? So the book does have some sexually explicit themes. Yeah. A lot of YA books have sexually explicit themes in them. Twilight was a mm -hmm. YA book. Um, and to this parent's defense, I'm sure they wouldn't have wanted their children to read about a thousand-year-old vampire grooming a teenager. Yeah, it's in, weird. <laughs> anyway, Strange. <laughs> this whole article sent me down a rabbit hole of banned book 
theory and like banned book weeks because um, 33 Snowfish was actually awarded best book for young adults in 2004. So this book is also from 2004. This article was November 9th, 2021. So this mom is upset about a book that has been out for almost 20 fucking years now. <laughs> um, oh yeah, you didn't read the actual line up there where they say, I think we should throw those books in a fire. Oh yeah, so that was one of the board members who was um, a Cortland representative. So whoever this woman got to represent her to approach the school board is somebody who also feels like that the books in question are like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Immoral and um, degradating. Um, those are two good words. Those are not the words I was looking for, but they fit. Yes, and he said, and to quote, I think we should throw those books in a fire. Because <laughs> that is how you approach questionable material that your child may be exposed to. I can right? think of 451 reasons why that's a horrible idea. Mm, you've been waiting to make that joke for a while now, haven't you? Nope, that one just popped in my head. <laughs> the mother herself said that the book, which, again is a dark tale about three runaways who understand hatred and violence better than love and has noted readers may have some trouble stomaching the language, right? So it's considered to be a pretty rough book, right? But talking about some pretty rough things yeah. that teenagers do actually go through, right? So having somebody explain those narratives in a way that you may not necessarily be knowledgeable of or comfortable with talking to your child about is usually what we use books for things those kinds of things right we use books for those kinds of things we've been using stories for those kinds of things that's why we have like the brothers grim fairy tales to keep kids out of the forest at night right <laughs> Uh, beware the Jews, guys. Uh, that's not me. That's the brothers. <laughs> I just want to make that evident. But this mother <laughs> said, this mother said, this mother, this motherfucker said, uh, the, the public schools would rather have our kids reading gay pornography than about Christ. Right? So, that should let you know uh, a little bit of the people who are approaching the banning of the subject material and why i said they probably wouldn't mind having twilight banned either so um but in researching banned books i found that in 2019 so when they say banned books first let's start there these books are not necessarily banned banned but they are the most contested and controversial books of that year yeah right so like the books with the most request to be removed from the shows are thrown in the banned books list and eight out of the ten top ten eight out of the top ten most controversial books in 2019 were about lgbtq subject matter so <laughs> that should let you know where the climate is 
and why 33 Snowfish was suddenly targeted after almost 20 years. <laughs> like, it's a little bit ridiculous, right? So in searching, um, in doing some research about like banned books and the nature of such decisions, you know, and looking at this article and trying to understand what if potentially there was like, you know, any actual cause for concern from the parents. Cause right, like I don't know I don't necessarily disagree with the more careful curating of subject material for children, right? I was watching a PBS U PBS's YouTube channel has a really good deep dive into banned books that I can't remember the name of right now. Just look up PBS banned books and you'll get there. One of the points that they made at the very end of it is that like, yes, you should be paying more attention to what kind of like content and material your, ch your children are being exposed to. But sheltering from them from certain things doesn't help them develop and grow in a way that is going to make them productive members of society. It's going to stunt their critical thinking. And a lot of the times it's better to talk with them about these things than it is to shelter them from these things, right? Like, or some people might call that millennial parenting, but <laughs> it's, I seem, if, seems like common sense that that would be a proven like a approach to rearing a child yeah instead of keeping them from something that they can potentially discover on their own right like um which was brought up in the psychology tube video that i was watching on haha manufactured ignorance because the banning of books simply leads to a manufacturing of ignorance, right? And in a world where the current climate of the culture is to promote freedom of speech, right? Yeah. Like, especially from can, looking at the viewpoint of the woman who is leading the charge here and the representatives who are leading the charge of the school district, I'm sure they at some point have said the words free speech, fake news in the last, like, you know, 10 years or so. I was going right. to say week. Right. Um, I'm sure, you know, they feel like their perspective is being censored, right? Like, you know, they're constantly talking about the, the censoring of the right wing. So I feel like we are, it, it made me come to the realization that what we are facing here right now is the the freedom of information meeting and coming to in odds with the manufacturing of ignorance, right? We have a set of peoples who want to, for a matter of fact, you know, erase somebody's perspective from their line of sight. I learned in studying this that there is actually a term for the study of ignorance. Oh, agnotology, right? So what 
they would call in agnotology Dorcastic anxiety I think I'm pronouncing it right and that's when you become like so stressed out with processing new information and like uh, including that in your current understanding of the worldview of your worldview right that you like completely shut down and actively choose not to like approach things or even like consider things in your daily life that would force you to change your way of view right or your point of view right um and i feel like that to a t describes what we are being faced with when it comes to like the gop and the right wing and like the heavy trump supporters like the QAnon folks right Mm -hmm. like they're in too deep right like they're so invested in it that removing themselves from all of it would like break them right like yeah. it would probably cause them to go into some kind of like mental breakdown some kind of panic attack would ensue it's like waking a sleepwalker right they are existing on what they call ideal theory which is just like the idea that executing plans in a perfect scenario means that the plans go perfect. If everybody was just to conform to the way that things should be, then everything will go the way that we think it should go, right? But nobody can agree on what things should be at the moment. And currently what we are faced with is the people who are quote-unquote, in the majority are trying to maintain and or redefine what is morally acceptable, right? Like, the moral majority is losing its grip on being able to define what is moral, right? Like, that is why we are now being faced with having to acknowledge um, different gender identities, having to come to terms with our past histories looking at, you know, critical race theory and things of that nature, mending the gap between, like, the sexes and, you know, women's employment and women's rights to choose and uh, female autonomy in general, right? All of that is being redefined in this moment. And the people who were perfectly fine with the way things were in the hyper-consumerist 80s and all of that stuff, um, they 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 can't handle the dawcastic anxiety they're being faced with now, right? Where it's just a presentation of their worldview and understanding of their own reality shifting. It's more akin to a hologram being removed right like uh they were looking at the world one way and they saw things as that that's what their world view was that is literally the world to them and now we are telling them that it was a lie the entire time right and that all we were doing was sweeping things under the rug and we put this pretty veneer on top of everything like this neon veneer right and then it came with a nice price tag and we told everybody like hey if you know you play along you can be a part of this too and now people are getting to the point where they feel like they've worked all their lives to be a part of this thing and we're telling them that this thing 
was a lie. It's never real. Or it was never real. And we have to build a new thing. And they're like, uh, no, fuck that. <laughs> no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to go back to pretending. And I'm going to continue pretending. Would, would you much rather continue pretending <laughs> that there was a whole point to everything you were doing. And that you weren't just a fucking racist <laughs> and participated in fucking sexism for no reason, right? Like, yeah, no, that it's a lot for people to have to like grapple with just like your first time reading catcher in the rye or <laughs> your first time reading to kill a mockingbird or your first time reading, reading huck finn or uh why the cage bird sings another or good one lolita which is often like you know misrepresented right like a lot of these this is why books are important <laughs> and it's not you know I, I know I've mentioned several times that in this podcast this is something like, that I've talked about in class this is also something that is made point in Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451 but reading is a different experience than listening to a podcast which is a different experience than watching a TV show which is a different experience than watching a theater play because reading, I it's think, is... It's different levels of your imagination's engagement. I, what I was going to say is I think reading is the only one that really forces you to critically think while you are imagining it. Yeah. Movies, TV shows, podcasts, they are all spoon-fed to you. There is no actual processing that you actually have to do. You also, can... if some of the symbol... If, if some of the semiotics is not picked up on the actual message of what the director is trying to say can be lost. But because these are visual mediums, right, it's almost okay for it to get lost as long as, like, the narrative is met at the end, right? Like, and narratives for a lot of times is, like, can be as simple for people as there's a guy, there's a problem, he solves the problem right sometimes people aren't even really concerned that's why blockbusters are full of and wow <laughs> like explosions thanks and, michael bay and tits and yeah and like you know cool things to look at right that's what the visual medium is for to help people who have a hard time like visualizing things while they're reading it enjoy the thing too and there's nothing wrong with it but what I'm saying is, is there was a, there's, there's a thing, an exercise that comes with reading that forces you to analyze what you are taking in as you are taking it in. Whereas with the movie, you can watch an entire movie and not get the ending afterwards and go back and watch that shit all over again to get pieces that you may have missed because the movie is, the movie is forcing you to keep pace with it. A book is at your pace, right? That's a really good point. So you can reread a paragraph as many fucking times as you need to without feeling like an asshole for trying to see if that thing in the background of the movie was the same thing that was in the opening credits and what that all means for the main character, right? Bradbury saw these forms of media as a threat to the reading of books, indeed as a threat to society, as he believed they could act as a distraction from important affairs. I disagree. I disagree. And I disagree because 
I honestly feel like it's in the approach to the medium, right? Like, that is because we chose to approach TV, radio, and movies as an escape from literature, right? Like, you don't have to read Gone with the Wind anymore because, look, it's on the screen, right? Like, you don't have to read Fahrenheit 451 anymore because, look, we did it for you. Like, and that's why I said when you're watching a movie, you don't really have to think. You just kind of have to absorb, right? <laughs> so like, here are a you couple soak pieces. A of, movie in. Ew, I don't like the. Yeah, you, here are a couple pieces of reception to Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. Chicago Sunday Tribune's August Derleth. A savage and shockingly prophetic view of one possible future way of life. The New York Times, however, was unimpressed with the novel and further accused Bradbury of developing a virulent hatred for many aspects of present-day culture, namely such monstrosities as radio, TV, most movies, amateur and professional sports, automobiles, and other similar aberrations, which he feels debase the bright simplicity of thinking man's existence. Fahrenheit 451 was number seven on the list of top checkouts of all time by the New York Public Library. So, when looking at intellectual freedom versus the manufacturing of ignorance, right, I don't think it's fair to say that visual mediums help in the manufacturing of ignorance simply because they kind of remove the critical thinking piece when taking in media, right? But I also think that... That's what happened to Montag's wife in this book, remember? She would just become pacified by the... Uh, well, that's that's the... By the TV screen. That's the common stereotype, right? Is that this, if you look at all of the counterculture stuff, all of it, right? Like, even the QAnon nuts have bits and pieces of hatred for Hollywood in their narratives. The, the, the TV, people despise the fucking TV. People despise all new forms of content and media. When magazines first came became a thing, right? You can find political cartoons of people chastising kids reading like Life magazine and shit like that because they weren't out working the fields or learning a skill. So like when pop, when pulp uh, fiction comics became a thing, right? When comic books became a thing, the people who read were criticizing like panel narratives and stuff like that and and graphic novels. I have teachers now, or I know teachers now who don't like kids reading graphic novels because they don't feel like it's literature, right? Like it's not as engaging as reading The Count of Monte Cristo is. But they've turned that into a graphic novel. So like, is it is it pacifying, right? Like, is that aiding in or in pacifying and dumbing down the human mind, manufacturing ignorance, or is the refusal to approach new perspectives with critical analysis manufacturing the ignorance, right? Like, um, you know, looking at a movie, a, a lot of the times when I find out 
a movie is based on a book, it makes me want to read the book, right? Like, because a lot of narrative elements are left out of movies for simplicity factors. And that's one of the, you know, I think we lose in book to movie format. The same way you lose bits and pieces when you move from, uh, you know, record format to MP3 format. The, the sound is condensed. And it's the same thing with books and movies is the narrative is condensed in a way that does make it lose some of its impact. Like, you, there are some people out there that think that there is no difference between listening to music on a record player versus listening to it in an MP3. But then there are other people out there whose ears are tuned to be able to hear those finer key points and mm -hmm. notes that, and the warmth and the depth of a note that gets cut out in an MP3. And it's the same thing with books and movies. But back to why banning <laughs> books is bad. Well, people have actually tried to ban Fahrenheit 451, disregarding the complete irony of doing so. Well, yeah, um, the same thing with To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Like, that book gets banned because it's considered racist a lot of the time, but in, in schools where <laughs> racism needs to, and critical race theory needs to be taught, right so it's often ironic a lot of and that is what i feel like is more dangerous than movies and tv right is this idea that by simply pretending something doesn't exist we can get rid of it as a problem right and that's what i feel like book banning does a lot of the time right band-aid and Not even a band-aid, just like shove it under the rug. A very poor band-aid, right? Like in 1973, there was a court case that redefined um, the term obscene, right? From utterly without social redeeming value to that which lacks serious literary, artistic, political, sci or scientific value, right? And that's because before then, you could get hit with like the Comstock law, which completely banned mailing of any obscene materials, right? And that could be anything from a comic book featuring lewd characters to a scientific textbook <laughs> featuring diagrams, right? Like that's the slippery slope we get down when it yeah. comes to censoring these narratives right and that's why a lot of times i often don't even like the idea of banning certain racist literature and stuff like that right like let these things exist in their form but let's understand them for what they truly are so this might actually be one that ties into the manufactured ignorance part. Bradbury interview. Uh, he said at the time when Bradbury tended to dismiss censorship as the chief motivating factor for writing the story, instead he usually claimed the real message of Fahrenheit 451 were about the dangers of an illiterate society infatuated with mass media and the threat of minority and special interest groups to books. Now, this is the quote. In writing the story in Fahrenheit 451, 
I thought I was describing a world that might evolve in four or five decades. But only a few weeks ago, in Beverly Hills one night, a husband and wife passed me, walking their dog. I stood staring after them, absolutely stunned. The woman held in one hand a small cigarette package-sized radio, its antenna quivering. From this sprang tiny copper wires which ended in a dainty cone plugged into her right ear. There she was, oblivious to man and dog, listening to far winds and whispers and soap opera cries, sleepwalking, helped up and down curves by a husband who might just as well not have been there. This was not fiction. See, sometimes I feel like Ray Bradbury is on the mark. Other times he sounds like a crotchety old, like angsty ass fart. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, definitely like, you're right. You he sound, definitely has his, his moments where he's a crotchety old fart. You sound lonely, my nigga. Like you watch these two getting out of their car after getting back from a fucking soap opera show, and you're just like, look at them, not a fucking care in the world. This bitch doesn't even have a brain cell. So, like that's. That, yeah, that is, that's, that is kind of how it comes across, isn't it? Son, but... That's... Okay, so that's the point. Like, people, I don't feel like, are that simple. And that's why I feel like it's a danger to get in these territories where... Where we're at now, right? Like I said, we are looking at an abundance of intellectual freedom where anybody can... Do their own research, right? Um, YTU! A lot of what is out there right now, and this is more of what I want to get into, right? Because I find it funny that books like 33, Snowfish, are being, you know, contested and banned when they are teaching narratives that, you know, some of these kids and some of these parents could probably benefit from. Meanwhile, shit like... QAnon and flat earth conspiracies like all of that misinformation so you know intellectual freedom matched with misinformation is a dangerous combination right and it only aids in the manufacturing of ignorance we are in a timeline where the truth is highly contested and undiscernible right like we can't figure out we can't come to an agreement on what is real and what is not. Well, in a 1994 interview, Bradbury stated that Fahrenheit 451 was more relevant during this time than any other, stating that, quote, it works even better because we have political correctness now. Political correctness is the real enemy these days. See? The black groups want to control our thinking See? and you can't say certain things. The homosexual groups don't want you to criticize them. It's thought control and freedom of speech control. Meanwhile, the same set of people are trying to get books like 33 Snowfish banned, but Ray Bradbury would totally want you to read his book about how they got rid of books and you were only allowed to watch TV and porno, right? <laughs> like, I find that shockingly hypocritical, right, of the dude who wrote Fahrenheit 451 to be like, oh yeah, the blacks. <laughs> The gays, you I'm, know, they want to be heard, but why? <laughs> <laughs> why can't they just shut up and be quiet like me and read? No, they want to be like that dumb bitch and her husband 
getting out of the car without fucking brain cells in their heads. <laughs> like, yeah, no. God, see, but that's 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 the point. That's why it is truly important to take in the entire piece, right? Yes. Because without knowing who Ray Bradbury was in the back end, you look at Fahrenheit 451 as, like, prophetic, right? Yeah. And uh, he actually said that there was one quote that he did say he... And he's not wrong. The hypercapitalist... He, he, des he described himself as a preventer of futures, not a predictor of them. They all think that. He would have been a QAnon nut for <laughs> all of that shit, right? Like, they all think that they are preventing something when we are faced with a time to be culturally critical, right? They all... Anytime the um, defenders of tradition are faced with change, they all feel like they're preventing an apocalypse, right? Yeah. And that's that dogcastic anxiety, right? Because you're like, how can anything other than what we have been maintaining be better, right? Like, how can this be better for me right it's the same shit with fucking climate change it's like the idea of trying to get people to move away from fossil fuels like there are people out there that literally think that moving away from fossil fuels would will doom the economy because so much is already based on fossil fuels right like so it will doom existence to move away from all because we haven't had time to adjust. Which is, on its face, a, a concern worth taking note of, right? Yeah. Because too quick of an adjustment can prove bad. Maybe not catastrophic, but at least troublesome to some degree, right? But the idea that that somehow is better than attempting to fix a problem that could that has shown signs to already be catastrophic is fucking ridiculous right like business as usual is going to lead us into mad max soon. they are already trading water on the stock exchange right like fresh water is being traded on the stock exchange business as usual is not has not been kind to us in the long run at all like maybe for a minority of people but for the majority of us we've all just kind of been scraping by and now is a perfect example of that like let's not forget that the wealth gap is the highest that it has been between the middle class and the upper class since the fucking like fall of the economy last time right like the fucking 1920s and shit is that a reminder that None of this is normal. This is Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.